I get, the more I just love Sunday mornings. The more I love Sunday school, so. Amen. Didn't the praise team do an awesome job? <laughs> Music's important. I remember the story that Brother T.F. Tenney told. He went somewhere to some conference and uh, he made it just in time for the preaching. Something happened. He was running behind and so he got there just in time for the service and he apologized. He said, I'm sorry that I'm late. I missed the, the music and they told him, they said, that's okay. You made it for the most important part anyway. And he said, excuse me. No, the, the music prepares the way. Worship prepares the way for the word. And so, I'm going to tell you, we are blessed at First Church. We have an incredible musical tradition that goes back decades. We are blessed and I'm just going to be honest with you, our fourth, fifth string musicians are better than some churches' first string, so. If that's offensive, I'm sorry, but it's true. So, anyway, thank you for being here today. Brother Sheeran, he uh, asked me many months ago if I would take this uh, time of Bible study, and so I've been on the calendar for a little while, and he asked me, Last month, if I was still up for it, and I told him, I said, well, I'll try. I will try it, so. Um, I might be all over the place today. I'm not quite sure, but we will, uh, we will see this, so. I do want to preface what I say today by um, saying thank you to everyone. Thank you so much. This has been Two very trying months, and uh, thank you to everyone who did anything. If you gave, thank you so much. Um, if you cooked a meal, if you wrote a card, thank you so much. You have helped us immensely. Most of all, if you have prayed. Um, I had somebody come to me and they said, well, I'm so sorry. All I've been able to do is pray. And I told them, I said, that's the most important thing that you could do is pray. We have felt the prayers of everyone. And so thank you so much for what, for what you have done uh, for our family. And thank you so much for, for being there for us. Um, that kind of ties in with uh, what I'm going to talk about today because while, uh, while we're on the subject, one of our dear friends from the Springfield area, the Tutteros, they came and they were with us um, during the visitation, during the funeral, and I told him, I said, I don't even want to know what people do without God. I don't even want to put myself in a position where I don't, I, where, what people do that don't know God. But I don't want to know what people do without a church. The biggest load of crock 
that anybody could ever buy into is you're an island. We've heard the expression that no man is an island. But the biggest baloney that the devil ever told anybody is you can do this by yourself. If you could do this by yourself, then God would not have put man in the garden. Let him wander around for a few hours and then say, it's not good for him to be alone. He'd have left him there. He'd have said, okay, Adam, name the animals, go eat some fruit, just have fun. He would not have created a helper a partner for him. He said it's not good for man to be alone. It is not good for us to be alone. God instituted marriage in the garden. Not just because the individual man was alone. But he wanted to create a physical representation of what he was going to do. I've said this before and I've actually heard... Another minister, the name escapes me, say this, but I've said this before. I've said that man is created in the image of God. Woman was created in the image of the church. And when God instituted marriage in the garden, he automatically, from the beginning, put in place a physical representation of himself and his people. We cannot do this by ourselves. There is absolutely no way we're going to make it from here to there by shutting ourselves off from other people. We need the church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. This is in the midst of a discourse where he is talking to the people. And he says this, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. That's not what I'm going to talk about today. Although we shouldn't. It's that last part where he says, For we are members one of another. We are members of one of another. We need one another. We need fellowship. We need this right here where we can get together and worship with those of like precious faith. But we need others that we can depend on when we can't even depend on ourselves. We need others to lean on when we're going to topple over. That is the point of the church. And it is very sad that we have reached a point where people feel they don't need a church. We have reached a place where people think well, I'll just go online, and it's technology is wonderful. And it was very wonderful that during the COVID lockdowns, when 
there would be 10 people total in this entire building that we could minister beyond the four walls of this building. And it might be controversial for me to say this, but Facebook Live does not take the place of a Sunday morning service. Getting online and pulling up YouTube videos of previous services and listening to the worship and listening to the word does not take the place of getting together with one another and letting our worship connect with one another and being able to lean to one another and say, I have a need and I need my brothers and sisters help. Technology will never take the place of that. There are those that have said, well, I'll just drink coffee and I'll open my word. I'm my own church and I'll just read the word and I'll just sing a few songs and I'll meet God that way. Well, if necessary, if necessity means that has to happen a time or two, then by all means. But I think I heard somewhere in the scripture where Paul says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. So much the more as you see the day approaching. We need one another. We are members one of another. There's another passage where Paul says, you are the body of Christ. We're not all the same. Your pinky toe is not the same as your heart. But if you just sit there and say, well, my pinky toe's not my heart. I don't need it. Um, I dare say, go talk to somebody that's had to lose their pinky toe. And they would beg to differ after having to learn how to walk again. You need that pinky toe. You might say, well, my ear's not my eye. I don't need my ear. Somebody who can only hear out of one side would beg to differ and say, you know, if you can have both, you need both. They all work together. We function with one another. And the devil comes and brings division. He will let division happen. In fact, um, I was talking to some gentleman. I was hanging flyers for the Thanksgiving dinner, and I was hanging flyers in one of the um, laundromats here in town. And he, I didn't know, told the gentleman, I didn't realize when I said I was going to go hang flyers that I was going to end up in a Bible study, but apparently I ended up in a, about a 20-minute Bible study in the middle of a laundromat. Um, pretty much our human flesh, if we leave it unchecked, will cause division. And will just try to pull us away. From the body of Christ. It's a shame. That Christianity is the only religion in the world. Where we have to make a distinction. Between. The religion. And the place of worship. Mahatma Gandhi. The Indian. Freedom fighter was asked one time. What his view of Christianity was what his view of Jesus was, and he gave a very sorry report. He, of course, was 
Hindu. He said, I studied your religion and I came to the realization that I love your Jesus, but I despise your church. I love your Jesus and I love his teachings, but I absolutely despise the institution that bears his name. It is amazing that we make a distinction between Christianity and the church. No other religion do we do that in. We do not make a distinction between Islam and the mosque. We make no distinction between Judaism and the synagogue. But we quite often find ourselves having to defend our faith. Against the very place where we gather to celebrate our faith. We find ourselves having to distinguish ourselves. Is what we often have our, find ourselves having to do. It's amazing that we find ourselves in that position. You know. I've met very few people in my life that have ever had a bad experience at a restaurant and just eat at their house all their time. I've never seen one person say, yeah, I went to that Chili's and I had a bad experience. I just don't go to any restaurant. I just cook at my house. I don't go anywhere. I've never had anybody go to any kind of amusement park and have a bad experience and never go to any of them. But you find an individual have one bad experience at a church. And they write it all off. Well, I don't go to church because I went to one church like 30 years ago. And they didn't shake my hand. And so I, I just stay home. I don't go anywhere. It's the only place you find that kind of an experience. And it is sad. Because this is necessary. This is absolutely essential. We need one another. We need a church when everything is going well. We need somebody to celebrate with. I know very few people now. There are sports fans in this room here today. There are those that they follow individual athletes. They follow individual teams. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, they, maybe there, maybe there's one that's like this in this room. I really doubt it. I've never seen a sports fan their team win, and they just go home and celebrate by themselves. They don't make phone calls. They don't post it on social media. Um, they don't at least rub it in the nose of the fans of the other team. You know, I've, I've never seen them just go home and like, you know, get those champagne poppers and pop it and go, whoo, my team won. Okay, I'm going to bed. They get with other individuals who are on the same team and celebrate together. When life is going awesomely, we need a church because at least you need somebody who will celebrate with you. What's going on? And definitely, when you're walking through the valleys and you don't know which step to take, you need a church. You need others 
that you can go to and say, I, I, I don't know what my next step's going to be, and know they can help you with it. In that same vein, I find it very unfortunate that I've noticed a trend. I'm not the brightest bulb in the, in the box, but I do come on every once in a while, and I do catch some stuff. And I've noticed a, a, a trend that I don't like over the past couple of decade and a half or so. I find it very unfortunate that there are individuals who, when they go through things in their lives, they will put it on Facebook, and they will share it with total strangers, but they will not share it with their church family. Now, I'm not judging that. I've just noticed a trend. I've noticed there will be people that go through things and they will broadcast it to the world at large before the very people that they fellowship with on a weekly basis perhaps find out. Maybe that's just the nature of the technology. I don't know. But I hope it's not because they feel more comfortable sharing it out there than sharing it in here. I would hope it's not because they feel safer sharing it with the world at large and they think they're going to be able to get more sympathy with the world at large than with their brothers and sisters in Christ. Hopefully it's not because they feel that, well, if I share it on Facebook, at least I'll get some sympathy and I'll get a few, you know, broken heart emojis and cry faces. I share it to the church, then I know what they're going to be talking about um, the next meal. Hopefully this is a sanctuary. And a sanctuary is a safe place. My prayer is, this is a safe place where if I'm going through something, hopefully I feel safe sharing with you. And knowing you're going to try to touch heaven for me and help me. Hopefully the church does not become just gossip central. But it's a place where information is shared under the pretext of this person's hurting and we need help. Because I promise you, if we're the body of Christ and you think you don't need that pinky toe, just do me a favor. Get up about 3.30 this morning. Walk through your house without turning any lights on. And let that pinky toe find the corner of a table in the middle of the night. I will tell you this from experience. That pinky toe is not the only thing that hurts. My ears hurt when I hit my pinky toe on something. I catch my pinky toe in the corner of my bed. My arm immediately hurts. Because my hands reach down and they grab that pinky toe. And my other foot hurts because it starts doing a little dance in the middle of the room. We hurt for one another. We recognize that with one another. That's how it's supposed to be. We are one in Christ. We are members one of another. We function together because we're going to help one another. Make it to the other side. We are the church. I'm thankful for a church. I am thankful that when I hurt, there are others that will hurt with me. 
I'm thankful that when things are going well, there are those who will celebrate with me. I'm thankful that church exists. God in his wisdom has put this together so that we can make it one with another. That's why I said at the beginning, I'm thankful for a church that has something going on all the time. This isn't just a church that meets twice a week and says that's good enough. But we meet together as much as we can. Because our fellowship is how we're going to make it. So if you ever feel that you don't need the church. Or you ever get the idea in your head that says, oh, I can make it on my own. Don't try it. Don't attempt it. Let us help you. Because that's what we're here for. And together, we're going to make it to the other side. About 10 years ago, I was at a district conference in our then superintendent at the time, he's now our assistant general superintendent, but our district superintendent, Brother Stan Gleason, was ministering. And he left us on this note. He said, how differently would we act? And how differently would we respond if we took the attitude? All of us are making it or none of us can make it. He said, how much more would we reach out to those who are no longer a part if we just took that simple attitude and said, you know what? This is going to be all of us or none of us. We cannot make it without one another. We need each other if we're going to make it to the other side. Let's bind together. Let's help one another. And if we will do that, we'll make it together to the other side. Amen. Let's pray that the Lord will help us with that. Lord, we love you. I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful that in your wisdom, you gave us this, this ministry, this body. You put us in this body so that we can make it and we can help one another on the journey. I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us, Lord, to bind together. Help us, Lord, to realize we can't make it on our own. We need the church. We need the church to go through life, and we definitely need the church to make it to the other side. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to realize that. Help us, Lord, to take advantage of what you have given to us. Help us bind together as your body in this church. Let us help one another. We'll praise you for it. In Jesus' precious name, everybody say amen. Amen. So be it. God bless you. Amen. We have a small intermission between services. We're going to meet back here in the next few minutes.